Today is a day of victory for believers. We know that because Jesus died on the cross for our sin and rose again, that he conquered sin, death, and the grave. And on this day, we have a great time of celebration recognizing he arose, he arose. This picture that you're looking at is of Jefferson Barracks National Cemetery. This cemetery was started in 1826, and now it is the final resting place of 220,000 plus people. This picture here means a lot to me personally because this closest headstone is where my grandfather, Warren Hubbard, is buried. He died in 1990. If you would see the inscription on the backside, it is my grandmother, Eileen Hubbard, who died in 2014. But for us as believers, we know that because Jesus is alive, though Jefferson Barracks or whatever cemetery you may be at someday may be the final resting place for believers, it is not the final word on our life. Because Jesus is alive, we know that we will live with him again forever in heaven. We'll have eternal life. What a picture and what a joy. Jesus conquered sin, death, and the grave. He is the resurrection and the life. As we look at Jesus' earthly life, Jesus was a man of prayer. We find in Scripture, in the Gospels, that he would steal away and go to a quiet place and pray. And Jesus prayed throughout his life, even on the cross. But the Bible tells us, even now that Jesus is alive in heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father, he is still praying. And so today, we think about Jesus' praise and how Jesus prayed for us as believers when he was on the cross and how he still prays and intercedes for us today. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 23, and we're going to look down together at verse number 34. Luke 23, 34 says this, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. And then over in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 7 and verse number 25, it says this, therefore, he, Jesus, is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus prayed, Jesus prays. And with that, let's pray together. And Father, I pray that on this resurrection Sunday morning, as people are gathered in their homes, or maybe they're watching at a later time, that you would bring encouragement and hope, and that, Lord Jesus, because you are alive, that we would experience that fullness, that abundant life that you bring in your name. Amen. There are many sweet words. The words, I love you. The words, I'm sorry. I forgive you. How about words like this? Let's go to Chuck E. Cheese. How about, I'll bring home dinner tonight. Or guys, how about these words? 
I'll hand you the remote. Now, that's a hard one for most of us. As we think about some of the sweetest words that anyone can utter, they are the words, I'm praying for you. When someone shares that they're praying for me, it reminds me of the selflessness and the sacrifice of them going before the Lord to lift my name up before him. Those are sweet words. When Jesus was on the cross, he was praying. He prayed for us. He prayed for us. And now that Jesus is in heaven, Hebrews chapter 7 says that he is still praying for us. These sweet words can mean something in our life today as we think about who Jesus is, what he has done for us. As we look at Luke 23, 34, where he says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. We are reminded that our dying Savior prays to forgive sinners. Our Savior, the Lord Jesus, at this moment when he is on the cross, says, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Now think about all of the people that were gathered around the cross. The Romans were there. They were in charge of the execution. It was just another day at the office for them. The Bible tells us that on either side of Jesus, there were thieves that were on the cross. The Bible tells us that there were religious leaders that were gathered around and that there were a part of a crowd of people that were hurling insults at Jesus around. And then we know that there were some followers of Jesus that were there as well. All of these people gathered around the cross, witnessing Jesus as he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Matter of fact, in the Greek tense, we find that Jesus repeated these words. This is in the continual action, uh, continual action where Jesus said, quite possibly all through this process, he continues to pray, Father, forgive them. As they drive the, ha- the nails into his hands, as they drive the nails into his feet, as the cross drops into place, he's, he's continually praying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. While all these people are gathered around. Now, there are many of you gathered around today. Maybe you're sitting around your TV with your family. Your kids are there with you and you're in your PJs this morning. Maybe you're, you're eating breakfast while uh, you're watching this on Easter Sunday morning. Maybe some of you are dressed and you're all ready for your online Bible study that's going to take place in the next hour. No matter where you are and, and what is going on in your life, just as Jesus knew the crowd that was before him at the foot of the cross, he would know the crowd that would be gathered on Easter Sunday morning of 2020 in their homes with an empty church recognizing and celebrating an empty tomb. But Jesus prayed for you. See, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them because everyone needs forgiveness because all of us are sinners. Everyone needs forgiveness. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In Romans 3.10, it says, there is none righteous No, not one. All of us have thought things, said things, done things that have displeased God. And because we have displeased God, we are disqualified from a perfect heaven with that perfect and holy God. And that's why Jesus died. He cried out, Father, forgive them, because when Jesus died on the cross, he was paying the penalty for our sin. 
See, everyone needs forgiveness, but Jesus knew that he would be the one who provides forgiveness. Jesus provides forgiveness. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 3 says that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, and that he was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the Scripture. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, the very things that we had thought that were against God, the very things that we said that displeased God, the very things that we have done which God uh, uh, hated, Jesus died on the cross for. He died on the cross for your sin. You need to experience his forgiveness. Last week, my sister sent me a devotional that she had written that she sends to some other moms. And I knew that I was had when the first three words of this devotional said, when my brother. And I knew that she had sent it to me to edit it or look at it because it was going to be about me. So she writes this devotion about a time uh, as I was moving into my middle teen years, quite possibly entering into high school, when I was kind of feeling cocky and arrogant and even questioning my parents on things. And she said that he was acting too big for his britches. But then she specifically recalls one moment. And at this one moment, she said that my oldest sister was bothering me and I stood up with this sense of defiance and said some ugly and hurtful and cursing words right toward her. She went on to say that my dad through that process had a talk with me. And then she found out later more details of how my dad worked through that process with me. It was really quite interesting as she shared this devotion and had all of these details into this moment of my life because, as I shared with Julie, Julie, I don't remember this. And then I wrote my sister back a couple days later, and I wrote something that said, said something like this. Uh, I have to honestly tell you that I believe what you wrote in the story, but I absolutely do not remember it at all. It's not that I just don't recall some of the facts of this. It's that I do not remember this incident at all. And then I wrote Micah 7.19, which says that the Lord takes our sins and casts them into the depths of the sea. When we are forgiven, then we can allow those sins to be forgotten. Matter of fact, Psalm 103 says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love or his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sin or our transgression from us. And in Jeremiah 31, 34, he tells us that he will forgive our iniquities and remember our sins no more. And as I wrote my sister back, I said, look, it is a picture of not only God taking my sins and forgetting them and separating them, he has given me the grace to forget them. Now, I realize there are some things that we've done in our life that we may not forget. But the picture is is that whenever we 
Remember, whenever the accuser of the brethren brings them up before us, we simply go to the cross because Jesus provides forgiveness. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus forgives. He forgives completely. He forgives instantly. He forgives eternally. His forgiveness is perfect. His forgiveness endures forever. He takes our sin. He blots them out. He remembers them no more. He casts them into the sea. He separates them as far as the east is from the west. Some of you today need to take your sin to the cross. And in 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Some of you have never received Jesus in your life. And today you need to pray a prayer, something like this. Jesus, I know that I've sinned and I believe that you died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin and rose again. Jesus, forgive me and come into my life. Our dying Savior. In Luke chapter 23, as we look at this verse, verse number 34, where Jesus cries out, Father, forgive them. Just a few verses down in verse number 46, he says, into, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, and with that he died. He was dead. The Roman soldiers knew he was dead. He was placed in a tomb. And then on Sunday morning, as the women went to the tomb, Luke chapter 24 tells us in verse number 6, He is not here but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee. Jesus is alive. He died and paid the penalty for our sin. He cried out, Father, forgive them. And he died to take that punishment. And now he lives. Christ died for our sin according to the scripture. And he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scripture. Jesus is alive. The Bible tells us that now Jesus, our risen Savior, is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And Hebrews 7.25 tells us what Jesus is doing. Jesus is praying for us. I love Hebrews 7.25 where that verse again just reminds us. Therefore, he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Our living Savior prays to encourage believers. He ever lives to make intercession for them is what the end of Hebrews 7.25 says. This verse reveals two great truths about Jesus. It reveals that Jesus saves. Jesus saves. It tells us that he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Jesus is able. Jesus is able. There is nothing that Jesus Christ cannot do. And that same Savior who walked on the earth is now in heaven and he reaches out with open arms and says, I am able to save you. Come to me and receive your forgiveness. And I'm not just able to save you. The picture is, is he is able to save to the uttermost. He is able to save completely and eternally. He is able to save 
forever those who come to God through him. The picture is, is through our life and through our life, we need to come to understand that there is only one way we can experience eternal life. There is only one way that we can know that we're going to go to heaven. There is only one way to know that our sins have been paid for. That is to receive Jesus Christ. And when we receive him, he saves us to the uttermost completely and eternally. He will never let go. He will never loosen his grip on us. I heard one guy say one time that I was saved from the guttermost to the uttermost, taken from a life of deep depravity to a life of glorious salvation, from guttermost to uttermost. As we think about Jesus and his great salvation, he is able to save completely. He does not give up on us when we stray, or when we fail as believers. Now, I want you to look real close. I want to say something to you today. Many of you feel like because you're in a crisis, I I don't know where the Lord is and whether he's really holding on to me or not. Jesus is able to save to the uttermost. He will not lose his grip. Some of you Over the last few days, weeks, months, maybe into years, you have begun to stray. And the Lord is calling you and saying, look, you need to get back. For some of you, as as you have grown in your spiritual life, you, you have come to a place now where you've kind of begun to back off. And the Lord's saying, look, there's more. Continue in your salvation. The picture is this. Jesus doesn't quit on believers. He doesn't quit. And so the challenge is, and that I give you today, is don't quit. No matter what you're going through today, you don't quit on your Savior. You don't quit because life is hard. You don't quit because you have failed. You don't quit because someone around you said something ugly. Do not quit. Jesus is not quitting on you. He's going to save you completely and forever. Don't quit on him. Don't quit. Some of you, listen, dads, some of you, your vast influence over your children is going to matter for generations to come. Don't quit. Moms, maybe you've been home for the last few weeks and you're a little frazzled right now. Don't quit. Empty nesters, oh, you got your kids out of the house. Now is the time to lax. Jesus gives us that picture. Hey, he's there holding on to the uttermost. Don't quit. Senior adults, it's not a time to be lax and to sit back. Don't quit. Jesus doesn't quit. You don't quit. He's going to save us to the uttermost. When I think of that message, don't quit, I'm reminded of being on the last leg of my doctoral program I'd finished all my classes and all my writing up to my major ministry project, which is the the dissertation time. During that time, we had moved from Mississippi to Georgia. During that time, we had a baby. Uh, Josh was born. Josh was was colicky, and there were challenges, and uh, there were church challenges, and the boys were getting into sports, and life was busy, and everything was going on around. And I just decided, I'm just not going to finish. I've done a lot of the work. I've got a lot of the knowledge of it. Now I'm just going to quit. And I called two people to let them know. I called my major professor, the one that had been assigned to me. And he, on the phone, said, buddy, don't you quit. 
Your wife is watching. Your children is watching. Are, are watching. Your church is watching. And they need to see you finish. Don't quit. Well, he had somewhat influenced me, but I just figured, ah, uh, he's not, he's not someone I'm going to talk to on a regular basis, so I'll try one other person. So I called my mom and I said, you know, life's busy. Church is busy. The kids are busy. I think I'm just going to quit my doctor at work. And she on the phone, I'm in Georgia. She's in Missouri. She says, you do not quit. You are a purse trope. We do not quit. Can I tell you today as a believer, Jesus died on the cross. He followed God's will perfectly and completely. And he says, I'm never going to give up on you. I'm going to hold you. So don't you quit. Don't quit. I think of of this time of the year and celebrating Easter. It's a time to remind us Jesus persevered to the end, to the resurrection, to his glory in heaven. Don't quit. Jesus saves and he saves to the uttermost. And not only does Jesus save, but Jesus prays. He says that now he ever lives to make intercession for us. That is when we sin. There, Jesus, as our advocate, as our defense attorney, is there pleading our case, saying, oh, Father, put this one on on my account. Lord, I'm, I'm standing on their behalf, but I think there's more to it than even that. I think as Jesus prays for us believers, some of the truths that he prayed for his early disciples in John chapter 17, he prays for us today. I think he prays for salvation. In John 17, 3, as Jesus is praying his high priestly prayer, he says, and this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I think he prays for people to come to know him. He prays for your salvation. If you've never received Jesus, I believe he's there interceding, offering, giving you an invitation today. I think for believers down in John chapter 17 and verse number 15, he prays for our protection. Notice in, in verse number 15, if you have your Bible open, he said, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. He prays for our protection. I believe the Lord intercedes for his family, his believers, his children, as we go through crises, like we're going through right now, COVID-19. I believe that the Lord is in heaven interceding for those uh, who are are believers and, and maybe they're on the front lines. He's praying for you today. Jesus is praying for you today. He's interceding for you. He's praying for our sanctification, that we would be set apart to him and live a holy life. He says in John 17, 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And then I think he prays for our testimony. In John 17, 21 through 26, he prays that we will be united and that we will show love. In John 17, 23, it says, I and them and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Jesus prays that the world would know our love, our testimony, our unity so that we could be a good example of all that Jesus does in our life. Jesus is praying for you. Jesus saves. Jesus praise. As we think about Jesus praying, I 
ran across the, a word by Robert Murray McShane. He was a preacher in the Church of Scotland in the 1830s and 40s. And he said this, If I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies. Yet the distance makes no difference. He is praying for me. If I could hear Jesus praying for me in the next room, I wouldn't fear a million enemies. Listen, as you live out your testimony, as you live out a life of sanctification, as you live in a dark and uh, disastrous world at times, understand Jesus is praying for you. Do not fear. There is Hope! There's hope because Jesus is praying for you today. No matter what you're facing, there's hope today because Jesus is praying for you. You know, Jesus not only knows what's going on in your life, he knows your financial crisis and he's praying for you. Jesus knows the the physical ailments that you're going through. He knows the grieving that you're feeling and he is praying for you. Do not fear. Have hope today. Have hope today. There's great hope in the celebration of Easter and there's great hope in the fact that our Lord Jesus can save to the uttermost and that he's praying for us today. He's holding on to us. He's praying for us. He is with us. So today, we're in a very memorable 2020 Easter Resurrection Sunday. This will be the one that we tell our grandkids and our great-grandkids about. Do you remember that Easter Sunday in 2020 with COVID-19 when we couldn't even go to church and all the church houses were empty? Do you remember that one? And you'll talk about it. But I wonder how much more meaningful could we make Easter of 2020 if we say this is the year that personally and spiritually, I'm going to be all that God wants me to be. I'm surrendering my life to receive Jesus. I'm recommitting my life to follow Jesus. So can I ask you a question this morning as we really wrap everything up? Here's the question. Have I received the free gift of forgiveness and salvation in Jesus? Have you received his free gift? If not, this is essential. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And at this moment, if you would cry out, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me and rose again. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. He'll save you. He'll change your life now. He'll secure your life for eternity. Would you say yes to Jesus today? For many of you believers, maybe somewhere along the way, you've gotten off track, you've gotten out of kilter. Somewhere along the way, you've just gotten distracted. And now, as the Lord has taken all of the activities away, all of the friends away, and now he has you at this moment, at this specific time, for such a moment just like this, Let me ask you, are you in a right relationship with Jesus Christ? Am I in a right relationship with Jesus? Do I know, do I know that I'm walking 
the way he wants me to. In his power and his strength, knowing that his prayer to hold me and to guide me is coming to place in my life every day. This is a historic year. You can make it an eternally historic year by saying yes to Jesus today. And let's pray together. And again, if you're here watching on computer, your phone, and you say, I, I, I don't know that Jesus is in my life, you could pray a prayer, something like this, and mean it in your heart. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin and rose again. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Jesus, change me. And some of you are believers today and you've gotten off track and maybe your prayer is something like this. Lord, your word says, if I confess my sin, you're faithful and just to forgive me. Lord, I turn from sinfulness and rebellion. God, give me a fresh, hot, fiery walk with you. Lord, I turn from self. I turn from sin. I turn to you. God, move fresh in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for hanging in there for our message today. I pray that this Easter would not just be one for the physical record books, but spiritually in your life, it will be one that is a spiritual record, a diary, a moment, a stake in the ground, a time when you've sought Jesus, you've made a decision for Jesus and said yes to him. And if you have further questions, you can go to our website. You can click on and email one of our staff members. We'd love to help you in your walk with Jesus. Thanks again. God bless you.